I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandiesfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. This week, my guest is Rachel Newton, an entrepreneur, innovator, and the founder of period care brand Nixit. Rachel is on a mission to destigmatize and help evolve the conversation around periods. She launched a brand in 2019 with a revolutionary suction-free menstrual cup, and today she uses Nixit's platform as an educational tool for all things menstrual health. Rachel began her career as a lawyer and worked for an investment bank for nine years before deciding to take the entrepreneurial journey. Here is our conversation so you can learn more. Rachel, it's a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for making time to speak with me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat to you. And if you've listened to any episode, I always like to open these conversations by asking my guests, um, growing up, what did you dream you'd be doing in in your professional life? What did you dream you'd have uh, in terms of a career? And was it at all connected to what you're actually doing today? So I always wanted to be a lawyer ever since I was little. That was what I wanted to be. Um, And in the UK, it's split into solicitors and barristers. So barristers are the people who represent you in court and solicitors are the people that you tend to go to initially um, with your problems. Um, I always wanted to be a barrister. Um, so I went and did law at university and then I sort of changed my mind. I decided that there was more job security if you were a solicitor and it was a little bit easier because if you got a, a training contract to your law firm, you know, financed your study and that sort of thing. So yeah, I ended up uh, becoming a solicitor So no, nothing like what I'm doing nowadays. It's very, very different. So you are the founder of Nixit, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, Tell me a little bit about the origin story. When did you decide to leave your law career, become an entrepreneur? What kind of shift happened there for you? Yeah, so I've been practicing law for, uh, I think, about 13 years. I've had my second child. Um, And we were in the UK, but all of our family were back in North America. My husband's Canadian, which is why we ended up in Canada eventually. So I was on maternity leave and we decided that we were going to move back to Canada. I was going to convert and do the Canadian bar. And on our way back, we decided, look, let's go and live in the Caribbean for a year because I wasn't working. My husband was contracting. So in those days, a remote wasn't that common, but his his company said it's fine if you want to do some contracting and, and work remote for us. So uh, we did that. Um, and the island that, that we were living on didn't have any recycling. It's a small island. So all of your trash goes to, to one place. It's all collected and it sort of gets put in the middle of the island, basically, uh, which really is no different to, you know, North America. It's just that our trash is buried and, and we don't see it, right? Exactly. So you're just a lot more conscious of, of the waste that you're producing. So I began trying to reduce our household waste, using less plastic, that sort of thing. And then I began looking into traditional period products. I was a tampon user. I sort of discovered I would use 11,000 tampons in my lifetime. Oh, my God. There's, I know, it's crazy. So yeah, I've the average, never done the math. 
Or why would you, right? And it's only when you start to think about it. Um, yeah, so the average menstruator will use 11,000 tampons in their lifetime. All of those go to landfill. You, you know, you shouldn't be flushing. I was also uh, flushing them down the toilet. I didn't realise that you weren't meant to. So um, they obviously go into our water systems and clog up waterworks and that sort of thing um but if you're disposing of them properly they'll go to landfill um and they'll take around 500 years to degrade wow yeah so and if you're a, a sanitary pad user there's around five plastic bags worth of plastic in every packet of sanitary pads so i really wanted to to reduce that waste i started looking into menstrual cups i'd heard of menstrual cups before being very honest when i first heard of them i was like they sound really gross because I had been taught to think that periods were gross um, and I wasn't really that interested in them became more interested in them but found the different sizes and shapes really confusing so most menstrual cups are these traditional that they're, they're bell-shaped cups and and they come in a variety of shapes and sizes and I just I ended up not buying one because I didn't really know which one I should buy um, I do have some now and I've tried them obviously, but that's how I came up with Nixit because it, it sits in a different place to traditional cups, which means that it can be a one size fits all cup. Insertion's a lot easier because it doesn't use suction to stay in place. And yeah, there's a few other benefits to it that just yeah, make it I think the net the next step in in menstrual cups. And how did you decide? I mean, there's kind of a step between realizing there's a need for this in the market, but actually starting the business. So was it a conscious decision to become an entrepreneur, you know, after you, you've realized that there, there was a need for this product on the market? And what was that change like going from, you know, a career in law to becoming a brand founder? Yeah, I think it was a very slow and steady introduction to the world of sort of being an entrepreneur I had the idea I, I I couldn't stop talking about it I researched it more my background as a lawyer helped me because in order to get through the kind of different registration processes and approvals with Health Canada and the FDA so you know I talked about it a lot with my husband and I kind of decided okay I'm, I'm willing to invest this much in the business this is how much it's going to take me to get this product to market um, I believe in it enough that I think it'll work, but if it doesn't, then I'm okay with, with losing this basically. Like, obviously I don't want to lose this money, mm -hmm. but, but I'm okay with doing that. So our first run was like, we did a very small run of cups. It really was just to test the market, see whether this was something that people would respond to and, and kind of go from there. So that's also why we started off as a direct-to-consumer brand, because I thought, you know, let's let's start small, let's let's be online only, see how we go, see if we can generate sales and if people want to tell their friends about it and all that sort of stuff and, and go from there. So it was a slow introduction, I guess. Right. And was it hard finding the right suppliers and kind of getting, you know, the product itself um, going? It was also a new country for you. You had, you, I, I'm guessing you started production once you moved to Canada. So That's what was right. that process like? And what would you say were kind of the biggest challenge in those first few months for you? I think everything just took a lot longer than I ever thought it would. And it took longer than everybody said that it would as well. So I had thought, I think we ended up launching... 10 months later than I originally thought that we would mm -hmm. and 
in the end spending a lot more than I thought we would as well right because the time is money ultimately you know um so yeah I think suppliers was just research and calls and cold calling and finding people who could help me I really lucked out with our branding partner who um you know again just sort of found her on the internet and she um kind of felt as passionately about the product as I did so she really helped her her company really helped us with designing the packaging and she really brought you know I'm not an artist but she really brought my vision to life of what I wanted the packaging and and all that sort of stuff to look like as well um but yeah that all takes far longer than I ever thought that it would so was there a point where you questioned your decision and maybe thought, you know, this was a horrible idea. Let me go back to law. Um, and maybe that still happens today. So how, how, how do you deal when, you know, facing those types of challenges? Yeah, I mean, I think that you wouldn't be a business owner if every now and then you didn't think, oh, no, is this the right thing? Have I made a big mistake? <laughs> you know, should I continue? Um To be honest, my husband is probably the most helpful in those situations. He's very rational. He sees things pretty, you know, black and white. Um, mm -hmm. So I can often just sound ideas off him, tell him what's happening. And he's pretty good at bringing me back to, okay, we're on the right track. Let's keep on going. Don't need to give up yet. <laughs> so you, you have you have support and actually one of my questions was going to be as well were, are there role models in your life so maybe um women they can be women men um people that you look up to that maybe were a source of inspiration or continue to be a source of inspiration on this entrepreneurial journey of yours yeah I mean I, I guess I've got a few um One of them who I've never met, but I've listened to a lot of podcasts that she's done is Sarah Blakely. She's the CEO and founder of Spanx. Um, and when I was coming up with the idea of Nixie, I listened to a podcast with her um, on how I built this. And she's such a sort of tenacious person with such a belief in the products that she's building and her business. And she's super inspiring and I think really you don't need to do things in the traditional way to get them done. And she did a lot of non-traditional things to get her product out there. And I think knowing that and knowing that you don't always have to do things the way that they've been done before has been helpful for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, my husband obviously is, it's great as a kind of sounding board and, and for helping me think about, you know, what decisions we're making next Um, and then, I mean, it's kind of corny, but my mum really, she's, um, an entrepreneur herself. She traveled a lot with my, my father traveled, you know, we traveled a lot as a family. So UK, Asia, America, um, and she always had to just sort of leave whatever she was doing job wise and, and, and follow him and kind of then just make a, a role for herself somewhere else. So mm -hmm. she ended up starting her own business when we were in Asia and she's just, also got an incredibly her work ethic is amazing um she's still working now she's like 75 she should be retired but she just really enjoys what she's doing as well um but she was also always around somehow when I was a kid um helping me with my homework um but also having a job and a business so mm -hmm. Um, that was a great role model growing up, I'm sure. 
Yeah, for sure. And something that I'm trying to do with my kids in this business, but it's hard. How has it, that was going to be my, one of my next questions. How do you balance family life? You've mentioned, you know, the fact that you have kids and obviously spending a lot of time on, on your other baby, on your business. And are, is that kind of a, you know, I, I, I think we've been, we've, I talk about this a lot on, on the podcast with, uh, with different guests, but we've been sold this myth of, you know, being able to do it all and achieving balance. What does that look like on a daily basis for you? Yeah, I've always said, and I don't know this is controversial, that we we can do it all, but we just can't do it all at the same time. So when I was a lawyer and I had my kids, rightly or wrongly, I just knew that that meant that career-wise, things were going to happen a bit more slowly for me. I'm not saying that's right, but that's just what happened at the time that I was having my kids. Um, the balance has been interesting because really just a year into Nixit launching, COVID happened and my kids were small. So they were four and six. So they were in like nurse, nursery or, you know, daycare <clears throat> and kindergarten. And I was having to, yeah, obviously look after them during the day and then work at night and kind of find somewhere to sleep in between. So, now that they're back in school, it's amazing. Um, but I try and balance it so that there's a few there's a few kind of methods that I use. I allocate days. So, you know, Wednesdays, I don't have any calls. I have chunks of time to work on sort of specific things that come up every week. And I know that I always have that time to do them. I've got a PA who is very guards my calendar very closely and doesn't let it get too booked up with calls, which has just been immensely helpful. And then my team knows that after pickup, I have to go and pick up my kids and then I have a few hours with them where I'm doing stuff with them and then I'm, I'm back on later. And, and that's one of the great things about remote working actually is I can do that. I feel, I don't feel any guilt with doing it. I know I can be back on later and check my messages and, and be around for them, but I can also kind of spend time with my kids at an age now that I think is, is quite important for them. This season of The Brennis Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. From there, I also want to talk uh, something, you know, something you touched on earlier in, in the conversation is the fact that as women, we've been brought up to think that periods are uh, dirty and are, you know, it's 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 not something we even talk about. And it's something that, you know, the whole industry sells us this idea of always being clean during our period and, and concealing the fact that we're having our period. And there's just, I think we as women, we can't there's, there's nothing empowering about having a period every month, right? It's something that is all around negative, basically. So 
how are you approaching that? And do you find that there's been, because now there are more offerings on the market, you're one of the brands offering a cup, and I feel like we're able to have more conversations and there are more options for us today. But how do you approach that conversation with your consumers? And uh, do you think that our mindset is slowly evolving? Have you seen a difference? Yeah, so with the taboos, I actually think that traditional period companies have sort of profited over that because mm. we didn't want to talk about them. They were this sort of dirty secret. So no one was saying to tampon companies, what's in tampons? What's in sanitary towels? How long do they take to degrade? You know, are they super absorbent? Are they absorbing from me? Am I absorbing from them? You know, no one was asking this question. So with me, when I launched Nixit, I really wanted to be a resource to educate and empower as well. So I think one of the things about this historical kind of taboo and shame is that when you're saying to people, hey, there's this new product and it's better for your body and it's better for the environment, there are ways that you can talk about it that can make people actually feel quite guilty about the products they have been using. And no one should feel like that. It's not our fault that we've been using products that haven't been that good for our bodies or the environment but it can be quite a delicate subject so I think for us it's just been about giving people the resources so information about all the products that are out there and then people will decide what's right for them at a particular time of life that they're in and what's right for their bodies. But I think our responsibility as, as a period care company is to just talk about periods openly, to be there as a resource for people and to show people that there's nothing wrong with having a period. It's not disgusting. And I think one of the things about using a cup is actually when you start to see your period blood, you... The more you see it, the more you touch it, the less mm -hmm. gross and disgusting you think it is, the more connected you become to your body. I love now that I know when my heavy days are, when my light yeah. days are, how long my period's going to last for. It, that's what's really empowering about the, using a cup, I think, is it just becomes part of you 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 understand it you appreciate it you know I never appreciated that having periods would give me two kids you know mm -hmm. um so there's all these kind of obviously great benefits to having a period that if we focused on more I think people would feel better about talking about them absolutely and it's something something striking too is that you know, tampons have been around, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what decade they launched in, but, you know, it's been at least 50 years. And um, not much research has been done since then, and not much product improvement has been done either, right? So when we think of food, so much has been uh, changing and evolving, and we know now that ingredients that we were consuming, you know, decades ago are, are no longer part of our diets because they're bad for us. But of course, this being for women, not that much research has actually been done in, in the long term. Um, so it's, it's to me, it, it, when we start to think about it, it's really crazy that we're not questioning what we're putting in our bodies every month a little bit more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think over the last probably five, just five years, even with, you know, Me Too movement, pandemic, um, people feeling like they they should be able to ask questions and they're entitled to ask questions and they, they should be told, you know, what's what's in tampons and the ingredients that are in them, that 
that aspect has really helped us come a long way I think Mm. with people going yeah hang on I I do want to know what's in my tampon and I don't like the answer and what else is out there for me and what's going to work better for me yeah, no, I think you're 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 offering a a, a very interesting uh, alternative now. That's you know makes sense from a health standpoint and from an environmental standpoint. So for our listeners, can you tell me more about the product specifically, how it's made, what it's made of, and and you know how um, how it works differently than than other similar products on the market, basically. Sure. Yeah. So I guess to start with, the difference between tampons and and menstrual cups is that tampons are absorbent so they absorb your flow but you also absorb from them so your vagina is one of the most absorbent parts of your body which is why we're so focused on things like ingredients because you don't want to be absorbing anything that you shouldn't be um but people often also find tampons quite drying yeah absolutely um yeah i know i always say i mean it's a long time ago now but I always remember the feeling of putting in like a super plus tampon on a light day and then trying yeah. to remove it. And it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's exactly. Just just thinking about it right now. Yeah, that's it just, yeah. um, so cups in general are made from medical grade silicon. Our cups made from medical grade silicon. We're made in Canada. So that's not absorbing anything from your body and you're not absorbing anything from it. So it's just collecting your flow. Traditional cups, I mentioned there's sort of a variety of different shapes and sizes and they're generally bell-shaped. So they sit in your vaginal canal and they use suction to stay in place. So there's a variety of of folds that you can use to insert it and then you sort of have to twist it and create this seal. Some people find it hard to create the seal or once the seal's created, they feel that suction can be Mm. quite uncomfortable. And then they obviously have to break the seal when they remove the cup too. So that's very important because if you don't break the seal, there's sort of horror stories of IUDs being removed and uh, that kind of thing. But that's obviously they, they haven't broken the seal before they've removed the cup. So Nixit sits in a slightly different place. It sits in your fornix. So it sits where a contraceptive diaphragm sits. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, it uses your anatomy to stay in place. So you don't have to create the seal or break a seal. You just pinch the sides together and insert it. It's kind of as as thin as a tampon basically when you pinch the sides together and insert it and then it just stays there and it holds around double a traditional cup it holds around yeah four super plus tampons worth of flow so 70 milliliters so because it's medical grade silicon you don't need to remove it you know every eight hours You, you, Mm. you can leave it in for up to 12 hours so most people will change it in the morning and change it at night and and that's it so it really does allow you to kind of go out go swimming hiking to work whatever it is that you need to do for the day without having to worry about leaking or changing it um because of where it sits you can also have mess free period sex because um it doesn't it leaves your canal free um yeah and those are the sort of those are the main main benefits to it all the benefits basically (laughs) yes and is it easy so to care for it like regular cups and when you first get it you know uh, hot water to uh, uh, to get it ready is there anything else that we should be doing in between using it yeah exactly yeah you boil it before first use and then when you're using it you just rinse it out we always recommend rinsing it with cold water first and then warm water and like a mild soap Um, and we do recommend boiling between periods as well but that's kind of you don't have to right okay okay well 
it's yeah, it's only added benefits compared to any to tampons or, or pads. Yeah, that's why I sort of think it's the next generation of of menstrual cups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would your tips, um, kind of insights be for anyone who is thinking of launching a new business? Somebody who has an idea could be in a similar industry, something completely different in beauty and health or otherwise. Uh, what kind of advice would you have for them? I would say market research is super important. It's obviously one thing that you you have to do in terms of testing the product when you have a you know an FDA registered device. But I think lots of people think, oh, I've got a fantastic idea and it's a great product and I love it. But making sure that other people love it as well. Um, I think things like Kickstarter are a great idea because you really get an immediate answer as to whether this is something that, that people are going to buy or not. Um, and I guess the other thing I would say is that however much time you think it's going to take in terms of getting the product to market, but also your own time. I had this bizarre notion that once I launched Nixit, I could maybe even do another job. (laughs) (laughs) My work is done. It's launched. Yeah, it's done. It's good. It's, it's live. Um, But there's always fires to put out. There's always things. There's just always something. So it's all, you you referenced it earlier. It's like you are the baby. And I I always say it is my third child. It's, it's all Mm -hmm. consuming. You can never leave it alone. You're always worried about it, thinking about it brings you joy um but also a lot of worry <laughs> what's your definition of success both in terms of professional personal and the two often overlap and has the definition changed over time if i had asked you the same question maybe 10 years ago would the answer have been different at that time yes definitely 10 years ago my definition of success would have been i've, I've made partner at my law firm and you know that that was it that was the the goal mm-hmm. um nowadays yeah honestly it's about can I run a company that you know uh is doing well obviously um but that allows me this flexibility to go and pick up my kids from school and do homework with them but can also you know pay the bills that's that's sort of where I've got to now nothing crazy what kind of responsibility do you think you have as a, a business owner, but also as somebody who's, you know, launched um, some, something that women use and that is, you know, that has purpose in addition to just being functional because you are, uh, you are, you know, changing the rules of the game and you're making something that's healthier and, and more respectful for the environment. Um, so what, what kind of, kind of responsibility or, you know, sense of leadership comes with that for you? Yeah, so I think generally as our as our company and as a sort of spokeswoman for periods, you know, speaking more about it, speaking about it. I like that spokeswoman for periods. <laughs> yeah, periods, <laughs> all periods, everyone's periods. Um, but yeah, I do think you know part of our mission is to, and we've talked about it there, you know, bust the taboos and stigmas and, and empower and educate people to you know make make choices and decisions that are right for them. Um, And I really do think that we have a product that, you know, so many people do say it's changed their lives, that we have so many people with incredibly heavy periods, painful periods, and it's really helped them and made a difference to them. So, I mean, I suppose also when we're talking about success earlier, it's, you know, getting Nixit into the hands of as many people as possible, making it the sort of de facto period product that that you choose. Um, 
yeah, but sorry, the question was my responsibility. Yeah, what kind of, what, uh, more more for you, you know, when you think, for example, of next steps for the company or as the company evolves, what, you know, what kind of responsibility you feel comes with in, in also being the, the unofficial spokeswoman for periods, which in yeah. a sense is you are giving yourself an added responsibility, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a responsibility, I think, getting the word out there. Um Yeah, and then I think we we try at the moment to to do some initiatives in Canada, but you know, for period equity. So mm. trying to assist people who don't have access to period products, um, whether that's by donating products and helping um, those people. So anyone that we donate to, we want to make sure that they know that they have access to our resources. So being a resource for them, um, because it's 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 a very personal product. And often you might need tips um, to yeah. get it working. It can take around three months to kind of find your rhythm with it. So, mm. so just making sure that they know that we're there for them and, and we can help them through it if they need us. That's amazing. Um, what's next for the brand and the company? What, what does growth look like for you over the next few months? So we've moved, we moved a bit oddly during the pandemic into retail. So Ooh. we're in um, Whole Foods now in Canada, London Drugs, Rochelle Berry, Healthy Planet, um, lots of stores like that. We're in Whole Foods now. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so that for me is a real win. It really shows that these are becoming products that, that people want. There's consumer demand for them. And to see them on shelf is amazing. Um, just, you know, it makes it that much easier for people to purchase them. So definitely getting into more stores and becoming more accessible to more people would be incredible. Mm. In closing, my favorite question to ask guests on the show, what's one thing you wish women would do more of and one thing you wish women would do less of? And it can have something to do with periods or not, up to you. <laughs> I wish that we would celebrate our wins more. I'm really bad at it. Mm. Um, I never do it, but I should. And I think all women should. We don't, I think we're generally quite hard on ourselves. And one thing we shouldn't do, which I also do, is focus on all the things that I could have done better. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So focus on the wins more and less on the things that could have gone better. Mm -hmm. Well, that, yeah, you're, you're answering both at the same time, basically. So that's great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure learning about Nixit. And um, thank you for being the, the spokeswoman for, for periods <laughs> everywhere. Wishing you, you the best for, for next step in, the, in, in what's coming for the, for the company. And thank you for making time today. Thanks so much for having me. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support Claire Miglionico. Yeah.